Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is on the phone. We'll bring her on in just a moment. But we are your leadership development coaches. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today's show, we're going to be talking with Dr. Joseph Michelli. He's an award-winning author, consultant, and service guru. So we're going to be hearing a lot about different organizations and companies and how they become great at service. Dr. Michelli is an internationally sought-after speaker, organizational psychologist, and a business consultant who has been described as catching what is right in the world and playfully sparking people and businesses to grow towards the extraordinary. It's a nice little tagline. In addition, Dr. Michelli writes best-selling books about enduring business principles, which he will speak uh, to us about today. And Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews of proven leaders, and provide you evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And Kathy, welcome to the call. Hi, everyone. We are very excited today to have Joseph Michelli with us, and we're going to be talking about a lot of customer service-oriented management and leadership practices. But you know that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization, and most leaders really do underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and they and their teams can underperform as a result of that. So doing just a few things differently, as we like to share with you on the show, can drastically improve your performance and your organizations. And what you'll learn in each and every one of our shows is how to develop more leaders, what happy companies know about performance and profitability, a lot about emotional intelligence. We're going to talk about some of that today in positive psychology strategies. We talk about brain, neuroscience, generation, gender differences, work-life balances, and strategies for manning yourself and your boss. So today we're going to talk about some great tips and tools with the help of Joseph Michelli. And um, I guess we should just say hello to Joseph. Are you there? Yes. Hello, uh, Dr. Greenberg, Dr. Nadler. Happy to have you. Joseph, we're going to uh, zero in on some of these questions we have for you. But before we bring you on, we'd just like to give some of the evidence-based research. So why do we talk so much about leadership on Leadership Development News? Well, we know that leaders have... 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. So that's huge, just how much influence a leader has. And we also know that emotions are contagious, and leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. The key for being a star performer, we're trying to give you tips to be a star performer, typically it's someone uh, in the top 10%, and typically that's emotional intelligence. When compared to IQ and technical expertise, emotional intelligence is one of the key factors. We also know why it's important to have uh, more leaders in the top 10% because we know leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. And we also know that you can increase profit by creating coaching networks inside your company. And typically you can do this in just one day. And some of the research shows that happiness 
uh, is tied to profit by more than 93%. Both Kathy and I are certified coaches, and bringing coaches into the organization really helps, especially if you want to enhance training. If you're interested in more information about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, she can be reached at www.h2cleadership.com. She has some great happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. And if you're more interested in some of the work that I do, Dr. Riley Nadler, I can be reached at www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence tools, books, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. And Kathy, you want to introduce our special guest here? Oh, I would love to. Dr. Michelli's most recent book is about the leadership and service excellence of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, and it's titled The New Gold Standard, Five Leadership Principles for Creating a Legendary Customer Experience, and I have the book right here in my hand. It's a beautiful book. And Dr. Michelli's other recent books include The Starbucks Experience, Five Principles for Turning Ordinary into Extraordinary, which is also published by McGraw-Hill and has consistently achieved bestseller status on the Wall Street Journal, Business Week Magazine, and USA Today Best Book List. He's been featured on television programs such as The Glenn Beck Show and CNBC's On the Money and has conducted hundreds of radio and print interviews as he's doing for us. Dr. Michelli's other books include When Fish Fly, Lessons for Creating a Vital and Energized Workplace, which was co-authored with the owner of the world-famous Pike Place Fish Market in Seattle. When Fish Fly was released by Hyperion, and, um, and it's also an audiobook format, it was released by Random House. So welcome, Joseph Michelli. Well, thank you both. It's an honor to be here with you guys who are really elevating the bar in leadership around, around the world. Well, thank you. I, I know that... Um, this uh, the fish market in Seattle is supposed to be world famous, and I'm actually going to a wedding uh, this September. So I hope you give me all the news that's fit to print. So when I go there, I know what I'm looking for. You know, they took a, a very dead product. It really goes to show you can take the, the least exciting <laughs> a fish morgue, if you will, and they've superimposed on it just a lively service culture, and it's uh, very vital and dynamic. And now it's a destination business where people literally come to see it. Uh, and as opposed to just being yet another fish market among all of those in the brand neighborhood. I've seen the, the video uh, for fish, and actually I forget the co-author, but the author of that uh, came and presented. It was pretty fascinating, especially uh, taking a, a uh, dead product like you're talking about. That's great. I like the way they throw it at each other, yeah. pass it around. You know, and that, and that just really comes from being very customer-centric and changing the leadership focus. I mean, just in a very brief nutshell, that particular leader was very autocratic, very controlling. Mm. Uh, Johnny would tell you that he ran his business with an iron fist and was proud of it and uh, really made some transformation. He went from certainly being in that 11 to 8, probably the 89th percentile of manager and really is an exceptional visionary leader today. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself and, and especially how you came to work in this field of customer service. You know, I've uh, I've kind of come through the ranks of being an organizational consultant and a PhD from the University of Southern California, and and I'll be honest with you, um, I don't know that I ever planned on doing this for a living, but I, I've seen so much bad service in my lifetime, uh, and I've seen some remarkable leadership inspire their businesses to serve either in the business to business space or the business to customer space in such an amazing way that uh, I've really kind of gravitated toward the the area of customer experience development. You know, I wanted to ask you, um, it seems when, when I've read a little bit of the book that I have, that um, this, this whole new gold standard um, is, is knowing about um, 
basically terrific track records in the service industry. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about who influenced you as a leader and got you interested in in looking at these kinds of track records and service in the service industry? Well, there's so many. Certainly, as it relates to this book, I uh, I'm coached right now by Horst Schulze. Oh yeah, the, he's wonderful. Uh, one of the founders of the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company is probably one of the great visionaries for its success. So I I get regular coaching from him out of Atlanta. There are many people that I gravitate to over the course of my development, and I just see coaching from them. I can't tell you how valuable I think that is for people to get out of just smelling their own vapor trail of the planes right in front of them and really try to find people, not only in their industry, but experts in in service or leadership uh, to follow. Well, you know, to that point, um, I wanted to mention that uh, Horst has sat on the... um, design boards for Cancer Treatment Centers of America to help them create a Ritz-Carlton standard for their treatment centers. And that's to the point that you just made, that sometimes you find the best thinking in an industry not your own. Yeah, I just, my wife has breast cancer, and Horst the other day just called me and personally uh, made the connection for me with the cancer, uh, his organization, I know, for which he's on the board. Yeah, I'm on the board there, too. It's a wonderful company. So it's just a terrific thing. Um, you know, prior to that, people like John Bradshaw obviously inspired me, and i, I got to tell you, the, the great moment of my life was uh, recently when John Bradshaw read, wrote a very wonderful review of the new gold standard. So mm-hmm. the irony of the world is I spent my life reading John Bradshaw, and then there's this moment in, life, in your life where John Bradshaw reads you, and uh, it just seems too <laughs> unbelievable, actually. So I'm interested just because of what you're saying. Uh, you know, I know about John Bradshaw's work in the, in the past. Um, how did you uh, make the switch from from kind of clinical work into organizational, and then kind of and then that, now we are really pinpointing on service? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I studied kind of systems theory in mm. my background in clinical work. So I worked on marriage and family and and systems, not just individual right. psychology. And so I start working in a hospital system, uh, working in cancer care, as a matter of fact. And then there was an organizational development position that came open, and I'd been consulting the CEO and his development. So I got into the organizational development side of hospitals, and before you knew it, the Catholic hospital was merging with the Seventh-day Adventist hospital, and I had the first opportunity to help leaders work together on a shared vision when they were coming from very different philosophical Uh backgrounds. And that really launched me into um, working in radio and working on the business radio network for a number of years and and doing that kind of thing. And before you know it, I was speaking in Amazing. It's funny how we take a journey and sometimes we wind up in a place we didn't expect. And I think that that is part of leadership, you know, is being adaptive uh, and redeveloping yourself and refining yourself on a constant basis based on what the market is pulling you to and what your talents are and figuring out what those... For me, it took a long time to find any, but when I did, I certainly gravitated toward the ones that were given to me. Well, it's it's very um, timely and fascinating for me working in the customer care industry as I have been uh, for this year and will be for the next year. And I was just in a program where they talked about uh, four principles for customer service, and that was faith, integrity, growth, and service, and they called that FIGS. Now, you have this wonderful book that have um, in it five principles that you describe to be the Ritz-Carlton's, if you will, kind of keys to success. Can you tell us a little bit? But about the, the, the book and the five principles, I have them here, but I'd like you to talk about them if, if we have time. Well, I, th- I think I alluded to that, you know, kind of redefining yourself on a regular basis. That really ties into what the Ritz-Carlton's had to do to maintain its service excellence over a century. Um, and so define and refine is what I call the first principle. And empowering through trust, which is really about 
giving over power. Managers tend to not do that very well. They often micromanage the details, and they don't empower people by trusting them, selecting well, and then training and trusting. So that's clearly a part of it. It's not about you. It's really kind of a leadership mantra that I think people should practice, which is as much as we lead and we get a lot of the acknowledgement and gratification from that, really the success of any leadership program is the ability to focus on the needs of all the other stakeholders and not yourself. And in the process, everything works out for you. And delivering wow, you know, um, Tom Peters has talked about it a long time, and certainly at the Ritz-Carlton, they have a installed a wow-type program and serving people and fulfilling their needs is not enough. And then finally, just making sure that you don't limit yourself to leading in just the walls of your business, but leaving a footprint to see what your leadership legacy is and plan to create a leadership legacy. And I call that leave a lasting footprint. So uh, I was writing these down. Joseph, as you're saying, so I got four of them. So you define and refine. Empower through trust. It's not about you. Oh, it's not about you is number three? Yeah. Okay. And deliver wow and then leave a lasting footprint. Okay, great. Um, so maybe what we can do is kind of zero in on on some of those. When you when you look at those, um, which one is that you find is the most challenging for folks? I think in today's world, define and refine is pretty challenging. First off, I'm amazed at how few businesses really have such a clearly defined value proposition that it, it does distinguish hmm. them from their competition. A lot of uh, mission statements sound pretty much the same to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know that people. I, mean, I don't know that the frontline really gets what that means, right. whatever their unique value proposition is. At the Pike Place Fish Market, it was to create a world-famous difference for people, and in that process of treating everyone as if they were world-famous when they came down to the fish stand, that's how they got so dynamic. Hmm. Uh, from there, you know, you take a Ritz-Carlton, where the value proposition is to create the home of a loving parent, where your parent would anticipate your needs, not just fulfill them. Your refrigerator would have all the favorite things, you liked because your mom anticipated that kind of thing. In today's business, we're, we're lucky to fulfill the needs of our customers. So teaching people how to anticipate or that it's their job to create the loving mother's home or Starbucks to create that third place, um, the place where people know your name. And, and I'm not saying that all these cultures deliver it consistently or perfectly, but at least you define it so well that people can operationalize off of it. Well, we're here with and Joseph talking about his new book, And we'll be right back with Leadership Development News and the New Gold Standard. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066.
Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for twigs then, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadilocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I hope it has a bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. This is Ed Hanway, CEO of Cigna Corporation. Join us in celebrating all babies, those born healthy and those who need help to survive. Go to marchofdimes.com and tell your special baby's story. Read other stories, too. And while you're there, learn how you can help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and give babies a healthy start. What a wonderful way to celebrate babies. Marchofdimes.com. The Internet's only all business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Joseph Michelli, and his book uh, that comes up with the gold standard, and we went through some of the, the principles, and we're going to zero in on some of these service principles. What do you think um, the solutions are that make a customer service both higher in quality and more accessible, more affordable to people? So maybe, Joseph, you can zero in on, on that question. Well, yeah, you know, I think oftentimes we think of customer service as something that adds cost, um, and frankly, um, that, that can, and it can also add value, so you can charge more for you know, Ritz-Carlton service experience than you could maybe a Motel 6 service experience. Um, but, but in truth, I think a lot of times what really makes a, a successful service culture isn't how much you spend uh, on the product. It's really how much you train your people what service really is. And um, sometimes it's building the infrastructure to make sure that service has uh, you know, just those little elements, those little extras that don't really cost you much. If let's take a you know a takeout at a Chinese restaurant. Uh, if you if you eat it, if you dine in, and there's leftovers, and you're sending those leftovers home, you can enhance that service experience simply by by putting a small portion of rice along with the food item. And the rice is going to cost you virtually nothing, so it's really not going to add cost. But what it's going to do is it's going to anticipate the fact that when people eat their leftovers at home, they're going to want to have the rice available with them. And so you're actually not only fulfilling the need in the, in the restaurant, but by putting just a small container of rice to go home with them, you're creating an experience that they can have after they leave your building that creates loyalty and, again, doesn't add much cost. I, I, was, uh, I was talking with Seth Godin not long ago, and 
said, you know, imagine that a competitor comes in and they're going to undercut you by 10%. And imagine for some reason you maybe have a high workman's comp cost and you have to even raise your prices by 5%. How do you maintain your current customers? And you're going to have to do it in a cost-neutral way. So the answer is, well, let me think of a couple of things I could do immediately to, to maintain my current customer base without adding cost. Whatever that is, that's what we should be doing right now to enhance service without adding cost. It, you know, it's amazing. As the head of my household, I'm the one that makes a lot of those decisions about where we go and what we eat. And You know, I've, I've been a little bit of a, a pampered princess on my own nickel, so <laughs> let me make that clear. Um, and I know that when I go to a successful business, businesses that you work with, like a Starbucks or a Ritz-Carlton, um, there, there is something about how they define moments in your experience with them that take them from being just, um, you know, a restaurant or a place to lodge to kind of a lifestyle product that's recognized, um, and not just recognized locally, but across the whole world. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how people actually get there, how that works? Because there's so many things that could get in the way of, of having that experience. It could be talent. It could be um, where the location is. I mean, just, just a million things I can think about. Well, it starts with talent. I mean, without a doubt, um, we're all competing for the same talent, and talent makes a difference in most of these service-based businesses because, truthfully, the leadership of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company isn't serving too many people day-to-day. It's really the front line, and if they're not able to take their vision and translate it into something that people can work from and get reinforced for doing well, then they're not going to get the talent. But to be, at the Ritz-Carlton, it's, it's a multiple interview process to get the job. It is the patience and discipline to say, we're not going to just throw a body at this. We're going to do many behavioral assessments, but we're also going to measure you scientifically. And if you're a small business owner, you can still do this. I mean, you can get something as simple as a, as a book as like StrengthsFinder and, and do an assessment of your top performers and see what their personality profile is. And then when you're hiring people, you can... Try to hire away from that personality profile, see if they turn out to be a disaster, and uh, hire toward that personality profile, see if there's some consistencies there. Um, so I think it's a disciplined, scientific, intuitive process of selection. It's an orientation that tells them about your culture and your values and not just how to do the job. It's reengaging people as they become disengaged inevitably in the first 90 days of employment. There's so much involved, but talent is the beginning point, and a culture that that leverages up service as a profession um, that really gets you, gets you part of the way there. So, so along with that, uh, Joseph, um, once you have people, what have you found have been some of the successful ways of, of tracking service? Are, are, are people shadowed? We all know when we get on a call, they say this may be recorded and because for improvement purposes. But you know, are there some that you found that in some of these organizations, um, once they've inculcated service, how do they make sure that service is happening. Well, no doubt you have to have the operational platform or the people have the skills and they know exactly what's expected of them by way of what they deliver. And then you have to make sure that you are secret shopping to some degree mm-hmm. those skills uh, and providing just-in-time training, the kind of training when you see a breakdown. Let's take a Ritz-Carlton. If people aren't doing the things at the front desk that they need to do, like confirming the number of nights people have to stay, making sure they get the keys made right, then you, you have to you obviously have to shop that some and, and fix those problems if you have them operationally. Um, in addition to that, though, I'm much more of an inspirational-type leader, and I know this is really consistent with your po- a lot of the positive psychology that you, you work from. A lot of it is really once you know the strengths, putting people in the right place, training them well, then it's inspiring them. Mm. It's giving them a purpose to move toward. 
not something to move away from, like a you know a punitive rating on a secret shopper scorecard. It's a lot about getting them to see that that every single person has an opportunity to lift up the lives of other individuals and make a difference in this world, to leave it better than they found it. And service is one of the most noble ways we can do that. If we're entrusted to affect other people's lives by serving them, it is a great honor. Mm-hmm. And um, to help people see how much power they have each and every day and how much often we don't give, uh, how much we give up instead of uh, operate from. It's amazing. I I often personalize a lot of the um the customer service industry philosophies, and when people ask me what I do for a living, I say I'm in the service industry because what you just said is so true. You know, it's, it's hard not to want to be a part of it. I have a question for you. Um, I was just recently at a, a, a program where I was a speaker and at the uh, Ritz-Carlton in Las Vegas, and uh, they had a wonderful tradition that they shared with us as a group where they brought in all of the individuals responsible for our mm-hmm. event and um, and did an acknowledgement ceremony. And I guess this is something that the Ritz-Carlton does when requested, but they do it on their own individually every day. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, that, that's an example of that define and refine. I mean, once you've defined what that you've got service professionals and, and that you're committed to service professionalism and that the care and comfort of the guest is the kind of the highest mission, then then you got to celebrate when people deliver extraordinary wow service. And you got to acknowledge them all, every chance you get. I mean, if you look at all the measures on engagement of employees, one of the key variables is whether or not people feel they're acknowledged for work well done. Mm-hmm. People aren't asking to have gold stars placed on their head all day long for doing nothing. They are looking for some guidance from leadership about when did I get it right and uh, tell me who's getting it right and let me learn best practices from other service professionals. And the Ritz-Carlton does that in daily lineup, for example, telling wow stories, which are stories of extraordinary customer service where people moved heaven and earth uh, within the boundaries of ethics and morals to get things done for a customer. So, so is that wow stories, is that something that, uh, like each shift, they start off, what you call a lineup, sometimes they call those kind of huddles. Uh, is, that, is that something that they do regularly? It, it's at a level of huddle beyond almost any business I've ever seen. Really? The daily lineup occurs every single day. And that's what I saw. I saw the daily lineup. It is not. Uh, it's not a business meeting. It's not a shift change informational meeting. You'll get a little of that. But the bulk of it is to go over the mission and values and to talk about their motto and credo and to give examples of customer service that's matching up with the mission, values, motto, and credo. And that's exactly what happens all the time. It happens every single employee, every day in huh. hotels around the world. And that includes senior leadership down to the janitor. So um, there is no exemption. And I think that's where leadership breaks down. They may have their, their managers doing daily lineup, but senior leadership making sure that they commit 20 minutes a day to that same process. It's, it's extraordinarily expensive and extraordinarily cost-effective. But, but, no, go ahead. I was, I was going to ask just specifically just around this micro initiative. So it's twenty. It's twenty minutes, basically. 10, you know, ten to twenty minutes that each team does, each department does. It varies a little. I mean, it's mostly by team and department. But occasionally, it might be a hotel wide event. Too. Okay. Yeah, and what I was going to say is, in this particular event where I share the experience, um, we were the hosts of Talent Plus, which, as you know, is one of the most preeminent strengths based talent management companies mm-hmm. um, in the world. And, uh, they I think had, they are the preeminent one. A- ab- absolutely. I, I would agree. And um, they had uh, been and have been working with the Ritz-Carlton's worldwide for years. And that's, in fact, um, what we experienced. So they wanted to share with us um, this, uh, this process. And, it, of course, they do it themselves within Talent Plus. 
But the wow experience experience for me, which really solidified my experience with Ruth Carlton, was they allowed us to share with them what our wow experience was. And I had a huge one because I actually had a jacket that was damaged, and they repaired it while I was there and brought it back to me brand new. So, you know, it's amazing. And, and what, I, what I would like to know, um, Joseph, is how, how do leadership requirements, as you see them, differ across service industries overall, like hotels versus restaurants versus hospitals? I mean, do you see a difference, or, or are there really similarities that you can take across any industry? You know, I really don't see a difference. I, um, I, I struggle with this question because, obviously, there has to be. But at the end of the day, this is about doing the right thing for people. And whether you're doing the right thing for people in a hospital setting or you're doing the right thing in, in, for people in a hotel setting, the reality is the right thing is normally the same thing. That's delivering as flawless a product as possible, exactly as people want it in terms of the delivery process. And if for some reason there's a breakdown in the flawlessness of your product or the delivery system, then it's, it's giving people the caring and concern that they deserve. They should, if, if you don't do it right, you certainly should... Uh, care about the fact that it didn't happen right for the customer. And, and to the degree that you can get it right in terms of your service platform, you should do that. So I think it's true across all all dimensions. But just a real quick thing on the lineup, because I don't like to push a lot of my stuff, but I have a, a series right now on Business Week uh, on, online. So if people just looked up my name and looked up Business Week, they could see lineup. We actually have some video we shot at the Ritz-Carlton Central Park. Well, we'll be right back with Dr. Joseph Michelli and his new book, the new gold standard. So stay tuned to Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, then you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. I gotta deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're 
listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Joseph Michelli. His uh, new book, The New Gold Standard, can be found on yournewgoldstandard.com. And before the break, uh, Joseph, you were talking about that you have a video series, and was it on businessweek.com? It is on businessweek.com. It's about customer experience. It does show the lineup, and it gives you a pretty good idea of how you can take service up that next notch to what I would call a service experience. And how do we find that? You just would go to businessweek.com. You can mm-hmm. type in my name, Joseph Michelli, and you'll see eight episodes of about three minutes each. Mm-hmm. And you can watch them at your own leisure. Beautiful. You know, one of the things that I hear often in the marketplace, which may relate to your five principles, so I would like to see if we can get some more detail, dig down a little deeper on those, is values are caught, not taught. What do you think about that? Oh, it's brilliantly said. I mean, I don't. You know, first off, I think you have to start by looking for people who might have some simpatico of values. You know, there are a lot of people out there who are in the service industry who really shouldn't be doing service. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they should be doing. I mean, something else, making another contribution to our world. But serving people is not right for them. I ran into one at an airport recently who has her iPod on and you know one of her earplugs in, and you know, she was hearing about every other word I was saying. Her her calling, her value system was not about service. Um, it was about, I think, something involving her own personal life while while doing work. Um, so I don't know. She could find another calling. But her values never were there in the first place. So I think if you don't assess people up front and find out who they are and what are their strengths, then it's really hard to ever find a fit between your value system and, and the people that you're trying to bring to you. Well, one of the things, Joseph, you have, I guess, is your third principle that's interesting is it's not about you, and I think for uh, new leaders, Many times they think it is about them and, and kind of making that shift really to be of service of others. Are there some ways that you talk about that um, that maybe kind of help people get that? Yeah, you know, Paul Tillich, the philosopher, said the first act of love is to listen. And that probably the first act of leadership is to listen, too. To listen, you know, when you come in um, to a, a new business, I, I, for a while at the Ritz-Carlton, believe it or not, they bring a new manager in and they would say to the hotel manager, well, you know, tell us about the hotel you just acquired. And had any of them come in and said, you know, things are really great right now. I'm going to take some time to listen and assess before I make any changes. Mm-hmm. There was a $5,000 bonus sitting on the table for that. But everybody wanted to come in and make a new change and be dramatic and create revolution. Uh, you know, I think in general when you walk into a new position or if you've even been in a position for a while, it's really important to keep listening for opportunities instead of feeling as though you have to generate them all inside of your own cranium. Right. And, you know, the Ritz-Carlton does an excellent job, I think, at listening to the front line, listening to the customers through ongoing metrics and measurement and being able to assess that, listening to stakeholders a little bit differently, listening to communities and becoming a good community partner. So to me, I, I think it starts with listening and constantly listening and listening more. Um, and then trying to, you know, good leadership is to discern from all that listening what are the good ideas and then re- resourcing those good ideas. I can't help but smile when you started talking about some of the the principles that a leader needs to um, to consider, and uh, what you just spoke about really is so uh, much a part of our our book, What Happy Companies Know, because we talk about being heartfelt and adaptive and community, you know, 
uh, partners, and, and those are important things. So I'm I'm glad that you agree, and it makes me feel good to know that uh, we're not just touting stuff that doesn't matter. Well, you know that you're not. I mean, the results are showing it in what you do with your consulting and your books. So I, I think what is good to see is there's a reverberation in the universe, though, that we all are coming upon certain truths that, you know, great principles should cross boundaries, should cross mm-hmm. time. And even though people change and the way we stylize them may change, the foundational truth is that people need to be served and we need to make a difference by serving others. It's part of why we're here. You know, one of the things uh, that you're saying, Joseph, I think, Kathy, you'll resonate with this. I just recently saw some research about uh, creativity and, and insight that when someone was in a good mood, um, they were basically more creative, more insightful. And I think some of this relates to some of your stuff, Kathy, but also service. You know, how do you put someone in a good mood so that they feel better, they're more productive, they're more creative? And it's probably the same thing with any guest on the receiving side of that. Well, if you think of service as three things, first, a warm welcome a warm welcome. That's going to help people feel a little bit better mood. And then meeting their stated needs, but also anticipating Mm. and fulfilling the unstated needs, which is really an art form. It's knowing how to play the music of service and then improvise beyond it. It's Wynton Marsalis, who knows everything about the actual music theory, but can can execute in terms of his improvisational skills as well. And then finally, it's that fond farewell. It's the ability to to not just take Mm. people's money and send them off as if they were a wallet with legs but to send them away with a, a, a memory of the experience that's very fond. And, Joseph, wouldn't you also say that today's workplace, as, as much as James Michener is an author, he said something very interesting in one of his books. He says, balance versus blending, that work, work is play, and we have to learn how to, to bring a lot of what Relly was talking about, this idea about creativity and happiness and and the way that we want to be in our in our personal lives to work because it makes us better at what we do. Yeah, I, I, I you know, it's interesting because I've I started my career doing this whole thing on work and play, and I, I used to count play as a as the primary driver. And the more I think about it, the more purposeful we make activity for people, and the more genuine and authentic and warm our environments are, the more playful they become. Play for play's sake often doesn't make it, um, but being able to create purposeful, meaningful, loving, caring workplaces are an environment that allows people to have affinity and play. And Yeah, for me, I, I, I can't imagine going to a workplace without being able to, to bring myself and my playfulness to it. Joseph, I'm always interested in kind of the, some of the specifics and the how. Uh, and so this fond farewell, uh, I think, gives closure. We know from kind of gestalt theory about kind of completing things and getting closure. Uh, and I always think also a fond farewell leads to a, a, a good hello on the other side, so that cycle. Are there some examples of fond farewells that you, you found helpful? Well, realize that the Ritz-Carlton, every employee has a $2,000 per day empowerment, so they can spend $2,000 per day on any guest uh, that they want to and on every guest if they wanted to. Now, nobody actually spends $2,000 per day per guest, but what it does is it enables that the, the employee, a lady or gentleman of the Ritz-Carlton, do one of two things, to service recover. Whenever they see a problem, they can fix it with a $2,000 bankroll, uh, knowing that nobody's going to ask questions about that. They have the full authority to make that decision on the spot. But it's also to enhance the service experience. So simple example, I'm a valet. 
I see that you have a certain kind of Gatorade product in your car. When I valet your car at the beginning of your stay, you're about to leave the hotel at the end of your stay. I have the empowerment to spend up to $2,000 on you. I spend $5 on buying that same Gatorade, making sure it's cold, so that when your car leaves that parking lot, you get in it about a mile away, you realize that you've got the same. <laughs> that is me. Yeah. I have had this <laughs> Can I tell you, I, 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 I'm not kidding when I tell you that it's an amazing experience, both at the Ritz-Carlton and at Starbucks. And when they get to know you, it, that you're in their right. system. Yeah. They actually know who you are before you get there, and they know what you like. I've, I've gone to Ritz-Carlton's, and, and Joseph, tell me if I'm dreaming here, but I've actually had you know favorite foods in my room and, and yeah. favorite skincare products. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, on that Business Week series, you'll see a copy of my book cover in chocolate. <laughs> you know, they, they, somebody took the time to actually replicate the front cover of the new gold standard and put it in chocolate in my room. Um, that's a one-of-a-kind wow story that I'm telling today, wow. uh, which is yeah. pretty dang good advertising for them. It was worth whatever, they, whatever it cost them to make it. Now, one of the things that I've heard often uh, about getting prospective clients to want to be your clients and to stick with you is to be trustworthy and competent. And I think you touch upon that in in one of your principles. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, in order to deliver wow, though, you have to be able to first deliver satisfaction. You know, you can't get wow without satisfying somebody. Mm -hmm. So competence is pretty important. Uh, You can't cover it all up with smoke and mirrors for very long. And the days of the snake oil uh, salesman are are gone. People will read about your your shoddy business on the Internet within minutes. Um, So you can't run to the next town. Um, and so I think you have to be competent. There's no doubt about it. And I think being genuine and authentic is particularly important because in the world in which we have today, we have enough spinmeisters to, you know, to choke a horse. So if you're not coming from a place of authenticity, that's going to wear thin fairly quickly as well. So you can't ever get to em- engagement of a customer until you satisfy them. And those ingredients that you're talking about are particularly important for satisfaction. Um, trust is important for loyalty. So going back to a, a couple of these uh, principles, Joseph, I guess your last one is the leadership uh, legacy. And I know when I do trainings, it is interesting <clears throat> when I ask people today, especially leaders, how many of the practices do they do today did they learn from one of their best leaders? It's probably 75% of them. It's, it's exactly it's the beauty of people like yourself who do coaching because I think you get leaders to think about things beyond the quarterly um, report. And unfortunately, if, if you work in a public sector, for example, that, that quarterly report drives a lot of decision-making. And ROI does a lot of leadership shaping. And so if you can help people have a longer time window and ask them, what really, what's the legacy you'd like to leave on the world? What footprint, what, what of meaning uh, would you like to have uh, as part of who you've been here? It's, it's pretty profound in helping people, I think, drill from a deeper well of leadership skill. Yeah. One of the things I'm, I'm just personally curious about, I know in your book um, you have some, some great ways for people to contact you. You have your, your newgoldstandard.com, and I think you also have a website. Is it www? Joseph at josephmichelli.com. Um, you can get me there, Joseph at the Michelli Experience. We have all kinds of different ways to get you there, but joseph at josephmichelli.com is the easiest way, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-I. And I know you do group facilitation and team building. You you help people customize management and frontline training programs. You do enhancement and staff empowerment, leadership team development services. So you're pretty busy. 
I am, and and I'm actually scaling back because um, my wife has breast cancer at the present time, and so you know we're refocusing our life a little mm. bit. But um, you know I'm so blessed to be able to share uh, messages that service is not servitude. That this is one of the most noble things you can ever do, and that you can lift yourself up to be a service professional. And I've learned so much from people like Horst Schultze, who penned the phrase "Ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen" when he was 14, and how he really understood what service professionalism could do to elevate us and elevate the world around us. So I'm, I'm in a really good place in life. I hear you. I hear you. I've come through some of the struggles that you're dealing with, so I get it. I understand, and I hope all goes well with what you have going on in your life. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what you might be doing in the future. Well, I am, you know, I'm looking at other industries. I mean, it's hard for me because the companies I want to write about normally have two things in common. They treat their people well and they treat their customers well. They create great experiences both inside and outside of their business. So the number of businesses that do that consistently uh, worldwide with a strong enough brand for a book are fairly limited and some of them are overwritten. So um, it's always a challenge to find the right ones, but I have a few on the horizon. I also think I'm really looking at the significance of service in the world in which we live, where more and more of us are reaching out to each other in social networks instead of... We're talking with Joseph Michelli about his new book, The New Gold Standard. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back, and we're going to continue that conversation, Joseph. We want to hear more about that. Bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rock-a-bye, baby, by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion, make sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. 
By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science, but it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Joseph Michelli. You can get his book at yournewgoldstandard.com. And just during the break, we were talking about uh, these companies, organizations, Starbucks, Ritz Carlton, you know, and your next kind of uh, endeavors of looking for companies, like you were saying, that maybe there's not as many that have both internally and externally focused well. How do you find these? Do they come to you? Do you go knock on their door for the next uh, project? You know, it varies. I mean, in some instances, I've been a consultant for the business and then just kind of beg my opportunity to, to take and leverage that into a book. Um, in other cases, um, they none of them come to me. I mean, I cannot tell you that. Any, any company that comes to me normally to want, to want me to write a book about them is not a company I want to write about. Um, okay. It really is the kind of the situation where you have to find these right companies and spend some time developing the relationships with them in order to have them trust you to write a book about them. And I think you know my mission is to say say what is great about companies so that we all can learn from them. I'm not the guy who does the postmortem on Enron, um, so I think it gives me a little access that, that maybe others wouldn't have. One of the things um, that I'm always fascinated about is uh, how obviously people find happiness doing what they do best. And one of the things that you've done in this book is you've helped people to really understand what's important about being a gold standard leader and how you get great satisfaction out of being customer-focused and having an attitude towards service that makes you a world leader. Um, as, you know, as you think about um, the kinds of companies that you would work with, uh, are there any in particular that you can think of? Yeah, there are several um, companies that are on the horizon that I work with. I actually like Harley-Davidson, and I like working oh, with yeah. them because I think they've created a lifestyle brand and they understand that you can get people excited about something that they don't even, you know, operate themselves. <laughs> uh, they can just be a part of the lifestyle. Um, you know, I, I'm always looking for the company that has that spirit like the horse, Schultz. And, and just if I could share that story, because I really think it gets into that joy. You know, horse was 14. He left his hometown in a small village in Germany, and he went to a hotel, and he lived there. He learned to be a busboy at this hotel, and he went to school afterwards and would only visit his family on weekends. And he was warned that he would be, you know, coveting what these rich people had because he was from poverty. And, and he watched the Mater D who came from the same poverty he did, and he saw this guy walk into a room, and all these ladies and gentlemen would want this Mater D to walk up to their table. And he realized, and he wrote in his 14-year-old year, 14 brain in a little essay, that we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, meaning that any person can elevate their status and be even more valued than all of the affluence and wealth and, you know, power people of the world if they just master service, if they are excellent in multiple language, know the food items, know the wine list, and have their shoes shined. And 
know, as I go forward, I just think every, I want to be involved with businesses who have that kind of passionate leader involved, and uh, probably businesses that you're consulting right now, so you can just give me your short list. And I'll oh, okay. About them. Well, so we're, we're talking about uh, some of the key things to be a, uh, a leader, and you were talking about, you know, how the aspect of really doing this, the extra piece. So what what are some of the things that you found that really can really help people? I know it's the training and everything else, but you were saying that, that you know, kind of taking this to the next level, how does that really get ingrained in them? I think you have to start with looking at, you know, what does a customer need, talking to the customer constantly, how can we make your experience more meaningful, telling your staff that they can do more than just a checklist mm-hmm. of service, not mm-hmm. just do a, a script, a customer service script, but that they're in charge of creating unique experiences and empowered to do so and will problem solve if they overstep. But right now we'll give you more We'll give you more forgiveness than permission. You have the permission to go and create dynamic experiences. And, you know, operationally make sure that's in place. At the Ritz-Carlton, for example, in Dubai, it's a relatively small hotel compared to the magnificent hotels of Dubai. And yet they have the number one rated spa. Mm. And the reason is because they have a 45-minute massage that lasts an hour. You know, it doesn't take much to over-deliver, but if you build it into the operational system, Right. guarantee that you over-deliver instead of just making promises that you can't move forward on. So I think we all have 45-minute massages in our businesses that we can deliver over an hour's period of time, so we over-deliver for the customer. I would agree. I think one of the things that we all learn in the service industry is that we are happy to serve others. It doesn't mean that we are servants. And that we wish to do something well, and if we can manage expectations by, um, if you will, kind of over-delivering um, and, uh, and keep that as uh, something in the forefront of our mind that we can always do, I think we'll all be better. And manage the expectations of our, our people to realize that they can do more than they often think that they can. And we expect from them not just fulfillment, but the ability to, to do something that touches a person's life so that that person has a story that they go on and tell and they become customer evangelists on behalf of the business. Well, the other thing that you're saying, I think, uh, that, that is really helpful just to highlight is inside from of empowering them, they're really giving them the authority. And just for, for our leaders listening, for example, if they can, at Ritz-Carlton can spend $2,000 uh, to make something great for someone. And, and what percent did you say actually do that? Because I think it, it is a, it's a big window, but it sounds like a smaller percent actually ever spend that much, but it's a lot of empowerment there. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody spends $2,000. I don't know of any story where that mm. happened. Um, but what I can tell you is that on average, first off, in service recovery, there's a lot of lessons to be taught about not exchanging money for conversation. Most guests just want to have their, you know, hurt, be heard when their meal doesn't come out the way they want it. Um, they aren't looking for a free meal. They have money in their wallet to pay for the meal. They just want to be heard. So teaching people... Uh, that most people don't want money for conversation. And then once you've met whatever their need is, to take one small step past it, it can be a couple of dollars past it. And once you do that, it's amazing. Uh, my favorite story is just a, a you know, is a busboy who asks, is empowered and asks the guest how their stay is, as a loving parent would. And the guest says, it's fine, except my remote control doesn't work. Now, this is a busboy who immediately calls engineering, and the engineering person replaces the remote control, tells the busboy, closes the loop, busboy goes to the person who's having breakfast and said, I just want to let you know that remote control's been returned, you know, fixed in your room, and I want to make sure that your breakfast is enjoyable. It probably was disrupted by this, so I'd, I'd like to buy your breakfast. So now the busboy spent $20 comping the breakfast. Mm. He's completely resolved the service problem. And, uh, you know, that saves a lot of money in the long run. With lifetime value of a guest at the Ritz-Carlton of $1 million, wow. um, if the 
busboy hadn't resulted, it had to go to the hotel manager, add a zero. We're now at $200. If it goes up from the hotel manager to corporate, add another zero. We now have a $2,000 service recovery price tag that was resolved for $20. And that's, see, this is amazing because we call that good business decision-making money, and often we don't put it in the budget. Oh, and, you know, go one step further. I mean, if this guy didn't have his remote control fixed and he's up in his room and he's online and he, he gets mad because he's paying $900 a night for this room and his remote control doesn't work, no one even asked him, then he's blogging about it and it gets out on the Internet. And how much is that going to cost you? Right. Um, so. Well, this is probably why uh, one of the gurus of, of being a great manager and a great entrepreneur, Ken Blanchard, said right on the cover of your book, Required Reading for anyone who wants to learn how to create passionate employees and customers. And you, you dogs, you, you have Ken Blanchard on your show next week. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've got to listen in because Ken is just the greatest. And, you know, obviously the success of his book speaks volumes. And Ken Blanchard Company is about as good as you get in the world of training. So the fact that you've scored him and yet another coup, um, it's just, it speaks volumes to your program. And thank you for having me on it. Well, this has been Leadership Development News. We've been talking with Dr. Joseph Michelli. Thank you very much, Joseph. It's been very enjoyable. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Business Channel. 